Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show, we have Mr. Mike Hamilton of Anytime Fitness with two clubs down in Florida. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm doing great, Joe. Happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to, to pick your brain and see what kind of lessons we can extract from your experience as a business owner thus far. Um, and obviously, Anytime Fitness is, is the reason that we're here. And I think typically a little bit of context helps, but Anytime has, has become such a national brand that I feel like most people that listen to this podcast have a pretty good idea of what Anytime Fitness is about as a national brand, but as far as your two clubs, what makes your clubs different than a lot of the other Anytime locations that people may be familiar with? Oh, um, you know, the great thing about Anytimes is that while we are a, a corporate franchise and we have a corporate model, um, we can vary quite a bit from location to location. And each owner is really good about just setting up their club for what works for their demographic so they're not cookie cutter gyms um so some clubs have a lot of functional training some have a lot of machines more cardio based um, more classes things like that so i think my two clubs even though they're 30 minutes away they're vastly different um, my club in tallahassee it's it's only a couple miles from campus florida state university hmm. so we built that club up for a younger kind of crowd, um, more free weights, more functional training, things like that. We do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching, but my Crawfordville club is kind of out in the country. It's more of a, a older crowd, I guess. So it's not as much free weights. It's a little bit more machines. We have a big classroom area. It's a lot of small groups and classes and things like that. So I think the, the just the diversity between clubs is a benefit of Anytime Fitness and us specifically is just kind of honing in on what we feel our specific demo demographic wants. And sure. Now, in, in a, a 30,000 foot view of this whole thing, Mike, you have these two clubs. What's been your favorite part about owning these two businesses? And, and as a follow-up, what's been the most challenging part about owning these two businesses? Oh, man. Um, you know, my favorite part about owning these two gyms is I'm a people person. So I just love meeting people. I love talking to my members. I love seeing success stories. Um, I love building relationships. And I think, again, that's what makes Anytime Fitness special and what makes all small clubs special compared to, you know, big box commercial gyms is that as owners, we can build relationships with our clients on a one-on-one -on -one level that you know your your big box gyms can't um so for me that's that's probably my favorite thing is just building relationships with my members and, and seeing those success stories my least favorite thing about being a business owner and i mean this in the nicest way possible is sometimes um employees can be tricky <laughs> managing employees that can be stressful. Uh, and then honestly, probably outside of that, it's just dealing with the government and trying to, you know, make sure that you got everything straight with them. Yeah. And so without getting too, too political, I think it would be irresponsible for us to ignore what happened in, in 2020. And, and so at least from a business standpoint, from a membership standpoint, how do your numbers now compare to late 2019 or early 2020? Man, we have had a just a full recovery. Um, luckily, we live in Florida. So our um, times that we were closed were very short. The governor did a good job, in my opinion, of keeping it to a minimum. Um, the mandates were at a minimum as well, you know. And locally, the mandates lasted longer than they did uh, statewide. Um, but we've been able to bounce back. And again, just to kind of touch on that point, the 
the saturation of gems, uh, and again, I'm, I'm referring to big box commercial gems. I'm not going to name them by name, but we know who we're talking about. It yep. was really difficult for them to come back post-pandemic because they've got 8,000 members. They have to figure out a way to mitigate risk, and that's really difficult for them to do. Smaller clubs, like any times that we have a few hundred members, it was a lot easier for us to open back up. We opened up almost two months before the big box uh -huh. gyms could okay. because we were able to mitigate that risk and allow people to come back safely. And so we had a lot of people that came to any time that had never been in any time um, because their big box gym couldn't open. Right. You know, yeah. so it has really found itself in this nice little like medium box niche. A little bit bigger than your traditional micro gym, a little bit smaller than the traditional big box to your point. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and really double down on the coaching and the additional services, the personal training, the group training, the nutrition, whatever it is. Yeah. You guys making that full recovery, do we still have room to grow beyond that or are we pretty well capped out at this point? You know, we had a really big bounce back. Both gyms did. Um, so we dipped, of course, like everybody, but then we grew really rapidly as well after coming out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now this year, what I've noticed is, is the cycle is starting to go back to normal, to where our trends from pre-pandemic, the ebbs and flows of memberships and training and things like that are starting to look more like they did in years past. So, of course, there's always room to grow um especially in the pt department at both locations got it okay well we'll certainly explore that here in a minute but before we do that i want to pick your brain on what's been working from a marketing standpoint besides just the natural sort of bounce back of, of people that couldn't go to a gym what are you guys doing as far as marketing to generate new leads and new business well, previously, I had done all the marketing, um, mail flyers, Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that. I'm, I would have an outside source do my mail flyers, um, and then I would handle the Facebook stuff. Well, what I realized is that I'm not good at that. <laughs> and so I actually, through corporate, I went to a conference and met um, a marketing team at corporate conference. Um, and I've been using them for the past few months to do my mark. So I've outsourced my marketing, which I have found works a lot better because sure. they know exactly how to create an ad that gets people's attention and gets mm -hmm. leads in the door a lot better than I ever did. Yeah. Um, so while I am learning, like, you know, I, I ask them questions and of course they're very careful about how much they'll tell me because they're protecting their, you know, uh, their knowledge but i have learned a lot by watching what kind of ads they put out so um, i'm always trying to kind of figure stuff out or, or reverse engineer you know some of their knowledge or, or insights but yeah um, where are yeah. they putting those dollars mike what is is this social media is this social media yeah blogger? okay yeah facebook instagram stuff like that got it okay and, and so for to, to wrap our head around the efficacy of this in a given month yeah what's a what's a normal lead flow look like how many how many leads do we bring in Ooh, on a normal month i mean i would want to see anywhere from 75 to 100 and then closing on at least 50 percent of those yeah. you know who handles the sales processes for you? Do we have dedicated salespeople or is this more like a front desk kind of thing? Um, every I cross train my staff. So uh -huh. everybody can do sales because I don't ever want to miss a sale. So I want my staff to be able to sell a membership, sell personal training, sell a supplement. I don't care what, what we offer. I want everybody to know that process. Got it. Okay. So... 50% being the goal for conversion. Are you guys there or do we have some room for improvement there? Um, room for improvement for sure. You know, and, and again, we have like anything else, you have good months and bad months right now it's summertime. 
Sure. So I think we all feel the, you know, kind of the slow summer draw. And then when school kicks back in and people get back to normal, we'll, we'll get better. So, I mean, we're just yeah. kind of waiting at that out right now. But Now, my experience with models like this, where it's the majority of the people are in a membership, but we have an upsell to personal training or group training, um, at least when I was running my facility, we had a free consultation or free PT session with a trainer. And that was how we were steering some of those leads towards personal training. Do you guys do something like that? Absolutely. Yeah. How, let let me ask you this, because I think this is, this is not anecdotal to me for sure. How many people of new signups, for example, if we signed up 50 people in a month, how many of them actually use that session? Our biggest struggle was getting people to actually utilize that session. Is that something that you guys have experienced? Yeah, that's, that's always a big struggle. Um, you know, going back to the marketing thing, we have two different marketing ads. So we have a, just a strictly membership ad to get people in the door to get a membership, which of course we want to knock out that fitness consultation and hopefully convert them into PT. But we run a separate PT ad. So when those people come in, uh-huh. they okay. are coming in strictly for PT and then we upsell them on the membership. So there's two different ways we go at it. On those people coming in that are just coming in for a membership, our conversion rate to PT is low. You know, sure. um, especially at point of sale. What we find, and probably you know this too, is that those people um, that buy PT will often buy PT a couple months after they join. Once they get in, they kind of get to know you. You've kind of hit them up a couple different times softly. They've denied your, yeah, I don't want to do the fitness consultation this time, but they see you training. So they're watching you. They see your clients. You've kind of casually talked to them. And then they realize that they're not doing what they need to be doing on their own. And then you hit them that third or fourth time. And they're like, hey, you know what? I am going to do that fitness consultation. Then yeah. you make the sale. So. Okay. So a lot of the time it's it's in the follow-up yes, as to how absolutely. we are truly growing the program. And you mentioned both clubs having a big opportunity to build on the PT department. So what's kind of some, some action steps that you plan to take to really move the needle on that? Um, again, I'm going to do a lot more marketing. Um, you know, being able to offer different packages to get everybody. So, so, you know, not everybody can come in and drop 600 bucks right off the rip. So we need to find, you know, different ways to present a training package to at least get them started. Um, so working on our cost and seeing, you know, what is the absolute minimum that we can get just to get somebody in the door and started and then upsell them on something more later. You know, the upsell is what we're working on. Sure. Um, and then the other thing too is just, again, touching on this is just staff, man. It's hard to find good that's a conversation that we could have for hours and hours and hours. i know i mean it, it you know it's, it's <laughs> tricky like in tallahassee i basically here last two weeks had to stop selling training because my trainer's full and i can't yeah. find any help <laughs> yeah. that's i mean uh, what I, like i said that conversation could very quickly go down a number of different rabbit holes but what yeah. is what is the the solution or what are some ideas we have where can we find good trainers you know it's it's one of those things that good good trainers are already at a good job so you have to then counter whatever it is they're already making yeah. and kind of pick them from from another club you know or or you know what i mean and that's hard to do because you have to offer them something while, but you also have to have the PT revenue coming in to pay them. So it's kind of like you're taking a loss up front. You're saying, hey, I'm going to come grab you. Here's your salary. And you're hoping that they make the sales so that the sales and the training goes to, to pay in their salary. But up front, you don't have that clientele yet. You have to build that clientele. Yeah. And so that's a chicken or the egg kind of scenario. It's a chicken in the the egg. Or you can do this, which I am not, I I don't do this, but you find a young trainer. So, you know, you can get a 20 year old or 20 year old year old that just got their cert. And yeah, they they're in shape and they look great, but 
I don't feel comfortable putting a new trainer, a young person with an older client and then charging them a premium, but giving them somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. I can't do that. You know, a lot. So yeah, it's tricky, man. Yeah. It's uh, and there's no right answer. There's, oh, there's no one size fits all answer. I shouldn't say right right answer, but I think it's going to be case by case. Now, Mike, I mean, our our conversation has been geared around growth and and building a business. I want to look to the future a little bit, um, but keep it somewhat within, within frame, at least in the next year or or two years, what are some ideas or or where do you want to see these businesses moving forward? Oh man. Um, in the next two years for, you know, us personally, I think is just building our staff, um, continuing to look for those great trainers, building up our PT department, um, and then just kind of getting a little bit more involved in the community and things like that. Um, Increasing, of course, increasing revenue and and cutting costs is always important. That's the name of the game. More money in, less money out. Now, here's the, the fun variation of this question, Mike. Big picture, five years, 10 years down the line. Where do you see these things at? Do you think additional clubs? Do you think, what's what's the next step here? What's what's the bigger scary goal for you? Well, I think the the ne- in the next five or 10 years, you know, you're gonna see Anytime Fitness as a franchise go through a model change. Um, we're really getting into not just coaching, but now it's coaching, nutrition, recovery, a one-stop shop, which sure. is great. Again, you have to have the staff to make that work. Yeah, so that's, yeah that's a tremendous that, That's all, It all goes back to, to building a, a good staff. Um, but I think, you know, the market, the fitness has really taken off. I mean, the, the market is, is getting more and more saturated. The big box commercial gyms are sucking up so many of our potential members that it can be really discouraging at times to want to grow knowing that there's a $10 club just waiting to come yeah. pop up across the street from you and yeah. crush you, you know? Yeah. And so it, I think it's just for a, us. It's it just can't be a head-to-head them. battle because they have far deeper pockets than we do. Yes, exactly. It's just beating, it's beating them back. It's beating them back constantly. And then just really, I think for all of us that, you know, I'm part of the franchise, but I'm still a small business. I'm an, I'm a regular person. My wife right. and I, we're regular people. Um, we're not millionaires. You know, I always make that you know, kind of analogy. It's like, a, you know, you, you don't have to be a millionaire to own an Anytime Fitness or any of our other small family run gyms. We're just normal people, right? Yep. And, and I think making that distinction to the public is important when it comes to surviving the $10 big box. Yeah. Well, I think even more to your point previous is that coaching becomes far and away more valuable, the personal training, the nutrition, the recovery. These are things that we can differentiate ourselves on as compared to the $10 club and people will find us for those types of things. And we can make up a whole lot of revenue ground with those things. than we can with individual memberships. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and finding value in, in each member because um, you're only your club is only so big you can only hold so many members right um, so increasing our member value um, again is something that we talk about daily and something that we work on yep Mike that's a fantastic place for us to begin to wrap our discussion up but I, I want to thank you for being willing to contribute to this conversation. I think entrepreneurs in our space just don't get to have these kinds of talks all that often. And so hearing what other examples of people and what they're working on becomes all the more important. 
I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And, and I'm certainly wishing you nothing but the best. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. It was fun. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Rigdon with Regimen Fitness Making. What is going on, brother? How are you doing today? I'm good, JJ. Thanks for having me on, man. You know, just uh, living the, the fitness life here and making, trying to, trying to yeah. keep going. There we go. There you go. Look, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And look... We were definitely ready to dive into uh, the nitty gritty of what you have going on with the regimen fitness. But first, you know, Rigdon, I want to give you the opportunity to go ahead and give us a little background or understanding or just a description of what you guys have going on, right? So if I came in and I'm like, hey, like, what do you guys do here? How would you respond to that? Yeah. So, you know, we're a boutique fitness gym. We offer trainer-led classes. So everything is class format come in, strap on heart rate monitors, everything's up on the screens. Um, we offer an array of different classes. Um, we have our, what we call our build box and burn classes. You know, our, our build is about 65% strength gain. It's all kettlebell, dumbbell, body weight, TRX bands, you know, slam balls, whatnot. We'll get you on the treadmill or the bike or the ski ergs get that heart rate up into your work zones, make sure you're getting your efficiency there. Um, then we go from there, we have our burn class. Our burn is a 65, 70% cardio. So you're gonna be longer tread blocks, longer cardio sessions, really high intensity. Um, then we're gonna jump off, do some circuit training in between that and back on treads. Um, then what we offer that's different than a lot of them is we have our box classes and that's a really fun, different workout that we have. Um, we uh, strap it on gloves, wraps, everything you're doing. Instead of you're doing your cardio on the tread or the bike, you're going to get your cardio throwing combo punches and using and hitting the real bag and taking out. It's really great. Switching up your lateral movements, making sure you're really keeping your body guessing. And it's also fun to take out a little, little anger maybe every now and then, punching a bag. And and uh, it's, it's, it's a really good, fun class. But um, yeah, we yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good time. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. That is awesome. And so, you know, let's dive right into the bare bones basics here, uh, Rigdon. You know, um, Rigdon, how many members are you serving currently? Currently, we're sitting, I think we got 160 something. It's right in there. Number bounces, obviously, every few weeks. Um, 160. Act members, I'd probably say 140 of them are active, active, um, are coming in regularly. Uh, so, so we, we have a good group. We're, uh, we're building regularly. I've got a good, uh, sales pipeline in place right now with the, with a lot of, a lot of prospects. And so we're, we're growing fast and it's, it's a good, good time to be growing fast. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. And, and so, you know, for you guys, um, what would you say has been the best, maybe not method, but best practices for you guys to get new people through the door? Um, you know, we have a really good success with our current member referrals, getting them, bringing in people. Um, you know, I, I jumped in, I'll be honest, this is my uh, first venture into the fitness industry. You know, I was in fitness personally, but never, uh, 
professionally before this year. So it was a bit of a learning curve at first and I tried a bit, bunch of different stuff. Um, but honestly, we've had a really good success with getting our members to help market for us um, because we have a good product, we have good success stories, um, and, and it's easier to sell something when you have people who have bought in and are willing to help you sell. Yeah, yeah, that word of mouth, I think that's obviously, obviously a thanks to your fulfillment, right? I think you guys are good at what you do, you guys are good at delivery, you guys bring results. And I think inevitably, you know, we all know people talk, right? And I think, uh, that's obviously a thanks to that. And I think it will continue to be one of the main components of, of bringing clients to the door and be a big driving factor for business, no matter how much technology innovates, right? Because I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong, social media has definitely become a staple, especially after COVID. I think it's definitely become a big asset. Um, and, and which kind of leads me to my next question, right? I'm kind of curious here too, has any of those, you know, more common methods like social media or even the unorthodox methods like flyers or you know, random things along those lines, like postcards or, or you know, um, a lot of those uh, old school tactics, guerrilla marketing tactics. Have you used any of uh, either, again, the social media or the um, unorthodox tactics to kind of get you uh, a little more leverage as well? Yeah. So we do a lot of the standard geofencing, geoframing stuff, um, pushing, you know, we, I have a marketing team or, uh, that, I, that I hire that does our social media marketing to help a little bit with keeping our social media uh, current and, and updated and, and, and on time. And, um, but uh, as far as that, we also do like, I don't know, I do events that we have um, that, are, that are very helpful. We have people invite friends in, we just go to a bar, have a guy's night out, you know, we get there, nice. I like that. walk around, hand out cards, meet people. If people see their friends in there, they go, oh, you work out there too. Then ends up getting them in the door. Um, had some good success with uh, lead boxes. You know, I go around to all the restaurants, places that have high traffic areas, talk to them, offer them discounts. If they let me put a box up there, get a bunch of things for, you know, free weeks, free month, whatever, you know, raffles and whatnot like that. But um, it's kind of an array of a bunch of, of everything. You kind of got to hit all sides of it. It's, it's, it's never ending. Yeah. Yeah. I love the transparency there. I think, um, you know, it takes a lot, it takes a lot to be honest on here. And I think it's such a, it's an eye opener for a lot of the viewers because a lot of people do depend on that word of mouth, you know, and um, which I'm sure as you know, right, you could, it's almost impossible to track. I mean, let's be real. Like if five people come from, Oh yeah, my friends over here and five of them come, it's like, well, how can you measure that you can do that again next month? You know, yeah. obviously you can keep delivering a good service, of course, but there's no way to really manage that. So um, I, I love that you're, you're, you have that versatility marketing. I think that's awesome. And, and again, an eye opener for everybody where I think it should be uh, an emphasis to, to open up doors to other marketing tactics. And, and especially the one with building that community. I love that. You definitely have a strong tight knit community with, but I mean, I, I haven't had a gym where they've done that for us. So <laughs> listen, I, when I'm in Georgia, I'm coming by. I'm going one out to those nights with you guys. <laughs> so cool. We do and a good so, promotional. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Rick. Yeah, we do a good promotional. Like, I believe in our product. We actually offer, you know, three free classes, which is actually a pretty good value as far, if you yeah. were to pay for it. Because I know that once we get them in the door and take one, two classes, we pretty much got about a 90% retention rate on that. Once we get wow. them in the class, yeah. It's, it's strong. Yeah. And, and you kind of like took the words out of my mouth here. We were kind of going to move in that direction here too about metrics. So, which kind of is, is, is I think a bigger emphasis as well as you, right? Because how do you go about tracking, right? I mean, I think as fitness professionals, right, we, we track our body fat, our macros, how much weight is on the bars. But sometimes when we come to our metrics, we put that to the side. But as, obviously, knowing that you know your metrics for your retention right there, I mean, how do you go about tracking those things? It seems like it's an emphasis for you too. Um, we've got a great system set up in place. Our, our corporate is very good about helping us keep everything situated in, in our you know we have the mind body app that, that runs smoothly and that we use all that um it's a great it's a great product it, it, it's all everything from our you know our online marketing into our attention to new client leads all pops up in one place and so it makes it really easy to keep keep track of that yeah a hundred percent and so it is mind body is the system that is uh, obligated by your corporate to do that or did you just choose that by choice 
um they this obligated by our by our corporate but it's still it's okay. a good one it, it would be the one i would choose regardless yeah no 100 percent. yeah i know just curious because I, I think a lot of people don't understand when there's an obligation there too it's like okay cool like it, sometimes there's another alternative that you might have used alternatively but i'm glad that you could be transparent about that too it's good that you like the one that you're obligated to use too right yeah. why not so uh, and so here's going to be a little bit of a longer winded question here, Rigdon, but a good question in itself. You know, um, if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know, because like I said, it's a little long, longer winded. So, um, you know, what we've been discussing this entire podcast and, and and what we try to really allude to here are the pillars of business, right? And there's three that we use a little more prominently than any uh, in the fitness and gym industry specifically, right? That's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three rigged in, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, I'd probably say lead generation. It was probably the place I could improve the most. Um, I, uh, I've been in a lot of sales stuff, um, but you know, we're not here we're not selling your ten dollar planet fitness you know it's uh, it's it's in the hundred dollar range so and above so it's it's high end so um getting the people to just listen past those numbers and and, and you know they call in they say what's your prices and i say well what do you know about our gym here first before I start telling you prices. Cause if I start with that number, they're going to go, Oh, well that's way more than I pay here. I'm like, well, let me explain to you what you're actually getting out of my gym here. You're getting a daily trainer. You're getting a nutritionist on staff. You're getting all of this. Um, so that is a little bit more difficult because of our pricing. But like I said, once we get that lead, it's, it's a lot, it's very easy to close. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a great point, right? You know, that, you're confident in your conversion ability. It's just a matter of getting them through the door, which is the most important thing, right? I think, and I think honestly, I mean, even if you were at 10,000 members, I think the answer would be lead generation anyway, because everybody wants more. <laughs> so, why not, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, a great answer there. And again, I want to just say this. I appreciate the transparency on air, especially, right? I think, um, you know, regardless of success, right? You're doing well, but the fact that you can be honest and transparent with the viewers and myself, on where you think you can improve. I appreciate the viewers appreciate it. And that's big, right? So I appreciate the humbleness there as well. So thank you for that. Last two questions for you. My two favorite questions. You know, um, Rigdon, what's the, what's the bigger picture, right? What, what's the big goal, uh, the overarching goal, you know, down the road, next five, 10 years, whatever. Maybe unless you want to go short-term, you can do short-term as well. But what's the bigger picture? The bigger picture, um, being able to turn this into a machine that basically runs itself. You know, I'm, I'm here daily grinding. I'm, I'm here at 6 a.m. between six and nine. If I'm not out marketing, I'm, I'm here till about 7 30, eight o'clock every night. Um, my goal is to be able to get this to where I only have to stop by and then I can go open up another one and keep expanding and, and, and push to more spaces and, and, uh, yeah, I'd like to have three or four of these in the next five years. So, um, yeah, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. And so, you know, I like to ask this question and I think, um, it's going to be, it's a little bit of a, a deeper question, right? Maybe a little philosophical, if you will. And it's not philosophical Friday, but we're getting closer. It's Friday junior. So, uh, yeah, this is a good question here. So, um, my favorite question, and we had somebody last month who we asked and literally I kid you not rigged and he walked outside for 10 minutes to answer this question. So <laughs> not trying to put too much hype behind it, but it's, it's a good question. Simple one though. You know, um, obviously you've been co-owner for just a little under a year now and the gym's open for a little over a year now, but you know, I like to ask this and it's, it's, if you can go back in time here, rigged into when you first started the gym, right? Sit yourself down with all the information you know now and where your mentality is at now and where your knowledge is at now and give that old Rigdon that one piece of advice that you think you really, really needed to hear when you first started the gym. What would that advice be for you? Hmm. I have to think about that one for a second. That's a good question. Take your time. Take your time. We got time. <laughs> hmm. I think I would say 
I would do, you know, from right at the very beginning, I obviously learned the product. Um, I would do a better job of understanding early on what I was selling. Um, so I knew obviously I was selling health and fitness, but what I really have learned, especially with our model now is that my best tactic when pushing a sale is explaining to people who like I was before, like so many are now when they go into a standard gym and they go into an open gym concept, most people don't know what they're doing. Um, and this is what our gym and our model solves for that person. And, and that is such a strong sales point. It's like so many people just go into the gym and walk around and do a couple exercises here and there and don't actually aren't getting anything out of it. Um, you know, they are getting the little bit of heart rate elevation, which is never bad for you, but they're not getting any efficiency out of it. Um, and really understanding that I'm selling a total package of, you know, we got the workout done for you. You don't have to know what you're doing. You just got to come in, listen to instructions and we're going to get you there. Um, you obviously got to put in the work, but you don't have to be a fitness expert to come in here and get in shape in my gym. No. I hope that was good enough. Uh, I think that's kind of what, what, I, what I would come down to because that's been in the last couple months of uh, epiphany that I've had and, and seeing that those results driving that. It's like, listen, you're clearly not an expert. I wasn't an expert before I got into this, but you don't have to be, and we're going to help you get there because that's what we provide. I love that. That was a mic drop of an answer. Rigdon, I'll tell you what, the way to end that, way to close it out there. I love it. So like, uh, Rigdon, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out here, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Yeah, so regimenfitness.com uh, backslash making, um, or you can just go to the site and find the location there. We're all different, all great. It's a great corporation. We're spread all over Southeast, all the way up to Canada. Um, you can find us on Instagram at regimen fitness underscore making, um, M-A-C-O-N. Uh, and then our Facebook as well, regimen fitness underscore making. So those are, those are great places to find us. Um, yeah. we got content, give us a follow. We, we, we love to chat and, and answer any questions from people. There we go. There we go. Look, Rigdon, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. We look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for one second, just so I can let you know how you're connected to the podcast, I would appreciate it. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with David from Family First Fitness in San Marcos, Texas. What's up, David? How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right. So let's jump into details here, wasting no time. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What kind of sparked this whole thing for you? Um, long story short is I, uh, the, I, I worked at a different gym. I was 
a member, became a trainer, became a gym manager, actually became a co-owner. And then you kind of get to the point where you realize, are you controlling your own future or is your future being controlled? And that was kind of the jump off point to, okay, let's make the, the jump to uh, my own facility uh, with a different business partner where our ideas align and the future is more controllable because I'm controlling what, what happens. Got it. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's always good to have that experience in other facilities and other situations before you go into, I mean, full ownership and kind of figuring out exactly what it is that you want to do. Uh, just because a lot of the things that you learn along the way are the things that you don't want to do. You know, exactly. the the lessons of the things that maybe aren't so great or you don't like or don't jive with you or so that's it, it kind of gives you perspective and direction, which is nice. Um, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now we're not open yet. Right. So we're we're still in the, the opening phases. When are you planning on? And of course, this could change at the drop of a hat, as we all know. But when are you planning on having the doors open and ready to go? Right now, we're looking at uh, late August, September, right around the beginning of September. Okay. All right. And as far as business model goes, what's the plan for the structure within the business? Are you going to be doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? Kind of walk us through the idea of the layout there. So we're going to be kind of a unique hybrid as far as the gym side goes. What we realized we're we're you know coming off of COVID and lockdown and things like that. What we found is if there's a lot of people who do not like the big box gyms, they don't like the crowds, so they prefer that kind of private atmosphere. So our focus is going to be we're going to offer open gym. It's not going to be anything we advertise, so we can, can kind of control those people who come in. It's going to be more geared towards fitness classes with the cap of like 20 people and then either private or semi-private training. Okay. All right. So classes, private training, semi-private training, and then an open model, but not something that you're necessarily putting out there. Right. Right. As far as business model goes, that's more of a, it's nice to have a little bit of extra revenue, but it's nothing we have to focus on like, okay, we need you know, 70 memberships just coming into the gym or anything like that. It's just a little nice add on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And now the number one thing that people always wonder about, or a lot of times need improvement in is getting people in the door. So what is the plan to build up that client base once the doors open? Are we doing a pre-sale at all? Um, and then what is the plan for marketing, advertising moving forward? Well, thankfully, coming from a different gym, I've continued training as an independent contractor at a different local gym. So that's helped me keep the majority of my clientele. Uh, we have people that were at our old gym who have been waiting for us to open up. So they've been kind of working out at other gyms kind of on their own or with other classes, waiting for us to open up. So the good thing is we already have an established base once the doors open. Everything else is going to be guerrilla marketing, word of mouth. We know you have to pick and choose your audience. You have to know your audience. We know the audience we're going for. Um, we're also going to have a unique advantage where half of our facility is actually going to be a coffee slash smoothie bar. Okay. So we're going to be, we're going to be going for, you know, that crowd is also my partner and I, we don't really worry about, you know, blasting music like a lot of gyms do. We're going to have music playing, but it's also, Hey, if you work from home, come, you know, grab, uh, you know, some food, grab some coffee, grab a smoothie, get your work done. But when you're ready to take a break, go get a lift in. Okay, cool. That's a, a cool concept um, to be able to have that area where people can get some work done and, and have a coffee and, you know, do their thing and then get their lift in as well. I exactly. like that, especially the way that things are right now uh, across all industries. You know, a lot of businesses went completely virtual. So that's a, a cool concept to have. Now, as far as 
front end offers to actually get people to want to come into the gym initially, what types of offers are you putting out there, whether it be a trial or a front end program or what types of things will you be putting out? So the first thing we do is if anybody's doing any type of, of fitness classes, it's always going to be the first class is free. And we do that one because we want to make sure that the structure that we're going to have for our classes fits whoever comes in the door. We do pride ourselves on, you know, you could be a rugby athlete. You could be, you know, a 75 year old with a knee replacement. We don't care what your background is, we can modify whatever workouts we have so you get a good quality workout, you stay healthy, and you grow your body. And we always want to make sure the first class is always free. So that way it's a good fit for whoever comes in, but it's also a good fit for us because we're going to be focused a lot on community. And, you know, when you have a good solid community, you build that camaraderie, a little bit of friendly trash talking, but also when you don't come, people kind of call you out, not in a bad way, but like, hey, Sarah, like, where have you been? Like, you know, I haven't seen you this week, you know, so um, that's going to be what we really focus on. Got it. Okay. And so it sounds like you're going to focus more so on like guerrilla marketing tactics, word of mouth. Are you planning on doing any type of paid advertising? And I don't mean flyers. I don't mean ads in the newspaper, things of that nature. I mean, through social media, Facebook, Instagram, Google, any types of platforms like that. We will probably use Facebook. We'll probably use Google a good amount. Um, one thing we're going to be doing is we're going to be trying to host at least one monthly community event. Sometimes it's going to be pay to come as, as often as possible. It's going to be free for the community. You know, we'll make the back end revenue on people, you know, buying, you know, coffee, smoothies, things like that. But it's just another way to get our name in the door. And it's for us to be ingrained in the community. So a lot of the advertising that we will do will be going budgeted towards the events that we host because that's going to have a greater possibility to bring people in. Okay, then Facebook advertising or, or Instagram or Google? It's going to be primarily uh, Facebook and Google. I've, done ex yeah. I've had experience with Instagram before, and to me, like that's a lot more hit or miss. Uh, Facebook, you can have a lot better interaction. Same thing with Google, Google analytics is a lot better mm -hmm. yeah um but did you do you mean that the um community events will bring in more people in your opinion than marketing through facebook and google oh it would be it, the way we're we're approaching it is going to be a dual aspect so it would be using the promotions for the actual events got it so, we can pay to promote the events on Facebook. We can pay to promote the events on Google. We can also use the community forums for those events also. So it provides a lot bigger spectrum to get people in. Okay. And have you considered running paid ad campaigns with a front end offer to acquire clients consistently to consistently feed the business outside of those community events? We did that at, at my old business. Now, again, uh, part of the reason why was I kind of talked about it earlier, you know, me having more control over my future versus having my future controlled. A lot of the advertising that was done, I never saw. So the types of ads that were being ran, you know, I would, you know, I had the, the account so I could see what was being ran, but how they were being set up and things like that were always out of my control. Yeah. And with that one, and again, it goes back to knowing your audience and not knowing your audience. And it seemed like there was a lot of not knowing your audience. It was, let's, this works for somebody in Florida. So I'm going to try it here. And it's like, this is Texas. It, the people were a college town. So how you need to try to get people in is vastly different. So I think it's not something I would ever be opposed to. It's just the how it has to be done right. You have to target your audience. You have to know who your audience is, first of all, mm -hmm. and you have to target those ads to that audience. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think a lot of times people get kind of like a bad taste in their mouth as far as that stuff goes, because maybe they've done it in the past and they didn't see a return on investment. Obviously, we want to make sure that you're getting a return on investment if you are running paid advertising. And I'm not talking about boosting posts on social media either. That's a whole different avenue. Oh, yeah. That typically doesn't work as well. Um, But, you know, that Facebook is still the best converting platform to get people in the door. And as far as consistency and it being trackable, that's what I love about paid advertising through Facebook is because you can track it. Because if you can't track it, you can't grow it, right? And it's not reliable either. And that's, I I always say uh, having multiple poles in the water as far as lead generation goes um, for many reasons, but as far as like word of mouth goes, referrals, those are great. They're just not reliable. You know, it's like on on a monthly basis, one month you might have 10 people, the next month you might have none and you just don't know. Um, So being able to consistently feed the business at the drop of a hat with quality, properly targeted leads, you know, people that are coming in that are interested in what it is that you're doing, that are looking for what it is that you're doing is important. And it's important to know how to do that because sometimes things slow down. You know, a lot of gym owners I've been talking to lately are having trouble over the summer. You know, it's like people go back to doing things outside. They're here, they're there, they're traveling. And, you know, it's, it's hard to get people in the door, but at, all months of the year, there are people that need fitness that are looking for fitness, you know? So it's like, okay, how do we get in front of those people? So knowing how to do that consistently in a way that makes sense so that you are getting a return on investment is huge. One of the most important things that you can know how to do as a gym owner, especially in today's market. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So now as far as big picture goals go for you within the gym, what is the big picture goal? What are you really looking to do? Um, you know, the typical thing is like, what's the five-year plan or what's the five-year goal? Um, so what does that look like for you? So our, uh, our five-year plan really is to be in this facility for that entire five years. Um, but by year four, leading into year five, it would be, okay, we're moving on to phase two, which is looking for a second location, a little bit bigger location. Um, there's some things in this area that, that this area doesn't have as far as gym-wise goes. Um, there's going to be some things that we offer at our gym that literally no other gym in this town offers. And it's a town of when college isn't in session, it's a town of 60,000 people. When school is in session, it's over 100,000 people. And we have equipment here that literally no other gym in town has. And that five-year plan is going to be expanding on that, changing this facility into a true private facility where it's going to be, at that point, more high dollar it's going to be aimed towards business executives you know it's going to it's not going to be truly on demand but it's going to be almost on demand where it's like hey like you're having a stressful day and you want to get a workout in reach out we'll have either one of ourselves or a trainer on call to come give you a workout um so it'll be opening the second facility a much larger facility and then this one turning into a true private on-demand facility Got it. Okay. And what needs to happen for you to get there sooner rather than later? Uh, the biggest thing is, 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 you know, and it goes with any business, which is turning a profit. Um, mm-hmm. Not only turning a profit, but showing your business model is successful because when you go to expand, especially when you have plans for a major expansion, you're going to go to a bank and you're going to be like, hey, I need a quarter million dollars to get this off the ground. And you can have the, the best, you know, five-year projections ever. You can have the best three-year business plan ever. But if you're an existing business and you don't have the numbers already to back it up, if you can't show, hey, this is our growth from year one to year two to year three, these are our future projections. Now, if you don't have that history to show the bank, it's going to be a lot harder to get 
alone to go into phase two. So for us, it's, it's, it's grinding away, making this as successful as possible, as quick as possible. So that way, as we approach phase two, we can walk into any bank we want and be like, here, here's our projections, here's our business plan, here's what we have been doing, here's proof of concept that we not only know what we're doing, but it's being converted into profit month after month, year after year. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's important for so many reasons, you know, especially when we're talking about growth, expanding into other locations. Um, but I mean, even on a, a more simple kind of standpoint, as far as just keeping the doors open, you know, there are so many gym owners that on a monthly basis are feeding money into the gym just to keep the doors open. You know, exactly. and that's a, a very challenging spot to be in, but so many people find themselves in those positions, you know. Um, now, one thing that you alluded to that I really like is the higher ticket memberships, you know, and uh, something you were talking about earlier as well was, you know, targeting properly and getting really specific about who it is that you want in your gym. And that's so important. And so many gym owners, especially initially, are really afraid to do that because they don't want to exclude a certain part of the population. You know, it's like they want to be able to serve everybody. Right. But a lot of times that really doesn't work. You know, there's the old little saying, you can't make everybody happy. And it's true. You know, it's like when you try to serve everybody, sometimes you end up serving nobody because you're just yep. trying to serve all of these different wants and needs and um so really not being afraid to be specific about who it is that you serve and who it is that you want in your gym to add to the community and then also not being afraid to charge for the services that you're providing exactly and you know when i think of trying to cater to everybody i, I do think of the big box gyms where it's mm -hmm. it's you know you talk about a certain gym where they don't they say they don't judge you, you know, they don't, they don't really care if you're making your goals or not. They just right. care about bodies coming in the door. And for us, we want whoever comes in to know that they're going to get a quality workout. They're going to be taken care of, but they're also going to be around like-minded people. You know, mm -hmm. it literally is check your ego out the door. You know, if you want to have conversations about any subject, we don't care, but be respectful at all times, you know? So, be prepared to be offended every now and right. that's that's I mean that's part of life but that's also part of the gym culture which is you know this is where you come this is where a lot of people come to get away from stress from life from things like that you know it's it's an escape and and that's what we want it to be you know it's you come in here you're escaping from something right yeah yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I like that you kind of referenced the um, the big box model there because there are so many gym owners who really get caught up in trying to compete as far as pricing goes and model. And it's just so important to keep in mind that there is no comparison. You know, I always say it's like apples and oranges and it really is. It's like those types of gyms thrive on people who pay their memberships that don't come. Exactly. You know, it's like they overfill the gym because they rely on the fact that those people are paying their memberships, but they're not actually showing up. So do they care about actually helping people? I mean, I can't speak for all of them, but it, it doesn't seem that way, you know, because a lot of times the people are not actually coming in and improving their health or losing weight or getting stronger or getting more fit because they're not actually going. Right. But if exactly. somebody's paying a higher ticket, people who pay, pay attention. So if they're paying a higher ticket and they really see that coming out of their bank account every month, it's like, shit, I better get to the gym, you know? And then yep. once they're consistently coming to the gym, they're seeing results and results are what keep people long-term. So that's so important. And then they also help to sell new memberships as well, you know, because if other people come in, see other people getting results, it's like it inspires them to do the same. So it's huge. And, and that's what gyms like yours are based off of getting results, you know? Um, so that's, that's huge. Big, big difference there. Exactly. And, and I don't think people realize like these, these big box gyms, they're corporations. They have their multi-million dollar businesses. 
they have the contracts with the equipment manufacturers where they're paying, you know, a third, two thirds of what the general public would be paying for equipment. So if you go into this business and you're trying to match a big box gym, you know, unless you have some insane backers, you're not going to have the same equipment that the big box gyms are going to have. You're going to have to be a lot smarter about the, the equipment you get, the life cycle of the equipment, the upkeep, the maintenance of the equipment. Mm-hmm. And, and once again, like if you focus on that, that kind of lets you know the clients that you want to have in your gym because of the equipment you're going to have, the tools you're going to have, and how they're going to be implemented. Right. Yeah. And I mean, people don't always care about all the bells and whistles, right? It's like they care about, can you get them where they want to go? Are you going to get them where they want to go? And if so, then they'll stick around, you know, but that also happens with, within the mindset of trying to compete with those gyms is that a lot of times when people open gyms, it's like, I have to have this super nice, big facility with all the best equipment. That's all state of the art. And, and then it's like, they get themselves into positions where they're in a lot of debt right off the bat with no membership. Yep. So it's like you're coming into this huge situation of just all overhead, you know, all overhead costs and nobody coming in the doors to actually help you pay the rent and pay down some of that debt as far as equipment goes. And it's really challenging, you know, and that's when you get into situations where people are just barely keeping the doors open and feeding money into the business every month. And it's not a fun place to be in, that's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So now one thing I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, going their own way, uh, starting their own fitness business or opening their own gym, what would that be? What's one of the most important things you've learned throughout your time in the industry? So I would say, and, and this comes from how this all came about where it, it it wasn't necessarily planned out uh, because of how things ended at my old gym where just the partnership wasn't good. And there's been a, a big learning curve. So what I would say is if possible, find mentors in, you know, you can find a mentor anywhere, preferably in your local area, uh, but anywhere who mm-hmm. have opened their own gym. So again, not big box, but you know, go to your mom and pop gyms, talk to them, about if, if they can kind of give you a heads up of how they got started and what their, their struggles are, whether it be daily or, or yearly struggles. And you'll be surprised how much information most other you know, small business gym owners are willing to open up and share with you. And Absolutely. it saves you so much headache, so much you know, potential time loss because you're trying to figure stuff out on your own. And then when you figure it out and you're talking to people, they're like, oh yeah, like I had to deal with that. And you're like, I should have talked to you. I should have talked to you first. Right. So to me, it's, it's finding those mentors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it saves you on the ignorance tax, right? It's like, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. And if, if you can talk to somebody that's been there and done it and figured it out, then it saves you time and it saves you money, which are kind of one in the same in this industry you know, so, Extremely. and, and time being even more valuable than money. Cause it's the only thing that you can't get back. You know, you can make more money, but you can't make more time, unfortunately. Although we would, exactly. we would love that if we could, but can't do it. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Talking to people, not being, um, close minded, you know, and, a lot of times ego kind of gets in the way of that, especially initially, you know, it's like, you think you got it all figured out and your way is going to work and everything's going to be great until it maybe doesn't, you know? And then it's like, okay, well now I've got to kind of put my ego aside and see how I can change and improve things and figure it out. You know? Exactly. And, and really for like the the people who want to get into it, they should, it should literally be planning for everything to go wrong. Yes because not everything is going to go right and if you're if you're planning for things to go wrong you're going to have those backup plans you're going to be prepared for it mentally emotionally you're going to be prepared for it with backup plans and game plans and that way when something goes right you're like oh cool like that actually happened the way it needed to and if it doesn't 
you're not frozen. You're not stuck. You're like, oh, okay, well, this is a setback, mm -hmm. but you adjust course and you keep moving forward. Right. Yeah, exactly. And adapting is also something that is extremely necessary within this industry. And that's something oh, yeah. that's became very obvious, especially over the last two years or so. Um, oh, yeah. So <laughs> being able to pivot and, and willing to and willing to move and adapt and, you know, consistently grow and change things if necessary is also important exactly. as well. All right. Awesome. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So uh, on Facebook, it's just Family First Fitness. On Instagram, we're Family First Fit. And I'm also sanmarcus.strength.and.power. So there's a lot of dots in there, but Sam Marcus Strength and Power, because I'm a powerlifting coach, so my personal page is more geared towards powerlifting. Perfect. All righty. So David from Family First Fitness in San Marcos, Texas, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. It was my pleasure. Thank you for everything. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.